This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Hi everyone, welcome back to Asia Torah and uh, to the Essentials Program, filmed live right here in the holy city of Jerusalem. Today we are going to be discussing the subject of prayer, and prayer is something that I'd like to speak speak about because it's um, because it's something you'll always do. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're if you're into God or not into God. People are people have a voice in their head, and it's constantly hoping and and it's your voice is speaking all the time about what you want and uh, what your desires are, and um, you're kind of in constant prayer whether you know it or not. And and the other thing is that is that the actual prayers of Judaism, like, for example, uh, Baruch Atah Hashem, or perhaps Rosh Hashanah prayers, Yom Kippur prayers, even the most unaffiliated Jew might show up to do those prayers a couple times a year. And, uh, and so it's kind of a built-in, built-in thing. Meaning there's a lot of things in Judaism that people just aren't doing. Like, there's men who aren't putting on tefillin. There's, there's, uh, there's uh, people who will never study Torah. But prayer is going to hit a lot more people than anything else. Prayer is kind of like high on the, high on the list of what people might do Jewishly. You slide over a tiny bit that way. You can move the table too, but you're blocking someone perfectly. Okay, now, there you go. All right, so let's begin. Now, the first thing about prayer is it takes... It, ideally, you let it out. You, you actually move your lips. And ideally, you should be able to hear it. And that is, um, that is our ability to speak. Our ability to speak is part of the soul. Now, can I prove that? I can't prove that. You can speak only because you have a soul. But I could tell you that human beings who have what are called human souls are the only ones... It's, just, it's a helmet. <laughs> but I appreciate your diving for it. Um, <laughs> it's funny, you know, helmets actually, bicycle helmets are not supposed to fall. That's why. You know about that? Yeah, once they're cracked, it's good. Yeah. So, anyway, the human souls and being able to articulate words go together. Now, our Kabbalists teach us that the only way, you're, the only reason you're, allowed, you're able to put out speech is because you have a soul. No soul, no speech. But it's easy to prove, obviously, because we're the only beings that can put out speech. Um, meaning all animals probably communicate in some way or another, but we're the ones who do it with speech. And, and uh, though a parrot can create human, human sound, the, the parrot... Is not. You want to sit in a normal seat? Though a parrot can create human sounds, you know, Polly wants a cracker, it does not uh, know what it's doing necessarily. Whereas we, we are articulating sound, and that's coming from the soul. Well, li- listen to this. I, I'm a student of a great Kabbalist, and he says, he says that our whole reason we have speech is, he called it zivug, with Hashem. You know what Zivug means? Zivug means a soulmate. But it means uh, more, more than that. Lizdaveg means 
means to be intimate with one's soulmate. Like it's the actual point of intimacy between a husband and wife. That's the point. The point Zivug is the point of intimacy between husband and wife. So he said that our ability of speech is really for Zivug with Hashem. That's, that's our Zivug with Hashem. See, we all think speech, I mean, we grew up with speech, so we think it's just perfectly normal that we speak. But in fact, our ability to speak is only for Zivug with Hashem. And he says the highest level is where you're speaking to a friend and you're making Zivug with Hashem while you're speaking to your friend. Meaning, meaning your Kavana in your speech is you're talking to Hashem. Now, as you've, any of you who have been in my more Kabbalistic classes know that the whole physical world is really made of Hashem. But not, we don't use the name Hashem, we use the name Elohim or Elokut. So the whole world is really made of Elokut or Elokus. And that Elokus that is in everything is Hashem. So when I'm speaking to you right now, or while you're listening to me, this is all happening in the world of Elokus. And so even my class I'm teaching right now, as long as my kavana is zivug with Hashem, and your kavana is zivug with Hashem while listening to the speech, so then we're actually in zivug with Hashem right now. Via speech. Now, can you imagine this Kabbalistic teacher of mine wasting words? We have a, somehow the British army has come to play a concert down in Dakota. Maybe I'll block the sound a little bit. One second, Devin was first, and Arthur. Oh, it's some, it's, I think there's an Air Force swearing going on. I personally, like, I love that they do this at the Kotel. Like, what more powerful place to swear into the Israeli army, the Kotel? But I wish they could, I wish they could drop the, uh, the you know, the European marching band songs. You know, like, we're, we're Am Yisrael, you know? Like, it's not a parade. Remember what they give them after they're sworn in? We were there. Yeah, what they give them? They give them a gun and a Torah. And a Torah. Yeah, you know they come around and they get they get which they get first the Torah. Torah. They get they give them a Torah. A kosher Torah. No, they give them a Tanakh. Oh, no. They get a Tanakh and a gun. It's like. <laughs> it's like. It's like radical Islam. <laughs> Uh, yeah, David, what was your question or point? Yeah, so why is it more intimate to be talking to a friend, like with the Kavana of Hashem, than to be speaking to Hashem directly? It's not. Arthur? But you said it was the most intimate is when we're talking with a friend. I didn't say that. I didn't say it was, I didn't use the word most intimate. Oh. Yeah, you, got, you, you heard good. I mean, you didn't hear me correctly, but your your mind worked good. I guess I missed. Yeah, yeah. Mind good. Um, your mind worked good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess like in, in the last couple of classes I've been through, it's like I get to this point where I start wondering about like us creating on whatever medium it is. Some people do films, some people do artwork, stuff like that. Creative mediums of how we create. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Or what's what's spoken through us. Yeah. Um, so as far as like you get will, you get the connection with Hashem, you. Or studying, or smart, you're work, I'm, I'm just saying you're working towards something larger. Um, do you think that it's necessary for us to create, or is it just just okay to just do all those things and study and have a family and just? 
<laughs> that, that's, a, that's way off today's topic. Today's yeah. topic is prayer. Um, but I will answer the question because it's essentials. Right. <laughs> like this class is for you guys, you know. So, um, you're bringing up a subject of contribution, creative contribution to the planet. Yeah, what is your, what are you contributing creatively? Each one of us has a special contribution for this place. Um, it has nothing to do with quantity. It is 100% quality, your contribution. Meaning I've got, my contribution is going like global. That's my reach. It's so unnecessary for that. Meaning your contribution might be just, who knows what the milkman felt when you, milkman, but the market. The market person felt when you went and bought a carton of milk. Or the way your kids, you know, after your life, the way your kids carried on your legacy would be your contribution. So the quantity of your contribution, meaning its reach, is not the relevant part. The relevant part is that you are creatively expressed in this world. Now, the question is, does everyone have to do that? And the answer is, the answer is yes. Everyone has to do that. Um, however, <laughs> so, and they could play such more biblical music. Yes. <laughs> Does everyone like? Does everyone get a tattoo that says "Mom" on it after the <laughs> after the? Uh, the heart in the air. <laughs> tattoo first, though. Now um, we're just gonna let them play. This class comes with marching band music for the same price. Wait one second. Let's just finish that. Is that um, when I say everyone's got to give a creative contribution? Everyone has a different skill set, so. One person might be much more on the technical side of that than another person. For example, I have a lot of creativity to give, but I can't necessarily give it without a step, like the right people whose job is to make it get out there. So, excuse me, so what is my job? I'm just juicing today, excuse me for burping in the middle of my class, but uh, my stomach's starting to say like, have you ever heard of food? Now, the, now, the, I gotta get to food at some point today. Some days I just juice, and the uh, today was just juice day. And um, what you do is you match your contribution with other people's contribution. So let's say you're not very logistical. So what do you do? You find a logistics person who shares your contribution. You get what's going on? So now the contribution gets out there via the cross pollination teamwork of people who share a contribution. How many contributions are there? So, like, just take whatever you want to contribute and match it up with other people who share your, your, your dream. Some of those people might be on the money side, meaning things cost money. Let's say your contribution is going to require a website, and the website development is going to cost three grand. So what do you do? You find someone who's, who, who says, oh, that's my contribution. It's like, great. So why don't you pay for the website? And be like, you got it. You know, I don't want to die having not made my contribution. So, like, for sure I'm paying for the website. Someone else has a question? Yeah. If uh, the actual having Kavana and Davening, the way you connect with God, why... Thanks for getting us back. <laughs> yeah. Why is um, Davening have all these, like, 
different languages and Hebrew and this. Why? Like I know that there's specific uh, power in those things, but if Kavona is the most important thing, shouldn't we say, shouldn't I be doubting in English or people doubting in Russian or? Excellent, excellent question. So there's different types of prayer. Um, prayer number one is called personal prayer. And then the other is called, uh, how should we call it? I haven't taught this class in so long. Um, prescribed prayer. Uh, scripted. scripted prayer. Uh, but we need a more cosmic term for it because it's purely Kabbalistic. And think our prayer book was written by 120 men of the great assembly that knew like every language. They knew like everything about like spirituality and stuff from like the clean side all the way to the black magic side. They knew it all. Three of them were prophets, meaning 117 had those credentials, and the last three had those credentials plus prophecy. And that's who wrote our prayer book. So the prayer book's like super fragilistic expialidocious, meaning it's, it's heavy stuff. So to write prescribed prayer or scripted prayer would be a total, you know, like, that'd be like castrating it. So we need the right term for it. Mapped out prayer? Mapped out. That's the same subject. That's the same type of thing. No, we're talking about... Organized prayer? <laughs> well, let's talk about what it's for. Let's talk about what it's for, and then we'll get the name. Ready? Listen carefully, and you're going to help me with the name. It, it, the, what it's for is to... It, what it is, it, it's something you align with. Like, let's say this is a pipe coming down, and when you're saying those prayers, it's like you're aligning with it. And then while you're saying each of those prayers that are written inside that prayer book, you're drawing down very specific influences into... It's a, it's a pipe. You're, you're piping down very, very specific... Very, very specific and isolated influences into our creation. What do you mean? Stream, stream of conscience? You're piping in from God into creation. Very specific things. No. So what do I write? Pipe, pipeline, uh, piping. Uh, so you're saying you don't have to have kavana. It's a, has action. No kavana necessary. Really? So what do you, you only need kavana for personal? Yeah. Yeah. When, once you open that prayer book, just say the words. Now, the one thing you got to be careful of, and you'll need, you'll, you need to know this, is that uh, if you don't do it in Hebrew, you have to have kavana. If you do it in Hebrew, you don't have to have kavana. So you always have to have one of two things, Hebrew or kavana. Channeled prayer? Channeling prayer? Yeah, maybe channel prayer where you're channeling down. I don't know, channeling is already like a little iffy on the on the... Gentile side of channeling from the, you know, from the the, the divine, because this isn't channeling from the divine. This is channeling straight from the king. There's the king, and then there's the divine, right? What's the difference? Divine is the metaphysical world, but it's still part of the world. The king is the the power source of the divine. Where does the divine come from? How do you have a metaphysical world? It's only through the the king, but how can the master you see of the, the universe. Difference between like. The metaphysical, and then what's above that? I mean, it's the difference between the Jerusalem power plant and these light bulbs. One thing's a massive power plant, the other thing's a light bulb. There are massive difference. Massive difference. Pre-programmed You're still on the, what I was trying to stop. I was trying to get away from any of these things. We're talking about highly Kabbalistic. You know what? Let's call it like this. Oh.
You don't like it? Oh, man. So give me a better word. Assembly prayer. Like, it's, it comes from the Eastern Prayer that you mentioned. <laughs> assembly prayer. And people are assembling. Yeah, establish. What's wrong with that? We're trying to to get away from people who were raised praying or either they were raised praying or they were um, introduced to prayer as like like an institutionalized function. It's not an institutionalized function. Channel prayer is so good. You like channel prayer? Channel the sages. (laughs) Okay, I give up. Pipeline. That's the worst thing. That's the worst one. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to kill That's why I decided to kill it. I think the pipeline phrase is good because when you say pipeline, you really like, it's very easy to like visualize like you going under a pipe and like really receiving like the divine. You know? Sounds like a prayer for surfers, though. Yeah, you know about this kind <laughs> Okay, so there's personal prayer and there's pipeline prayer. In personal prayer, you always speak in your mother language. Okay, that you're going to go straight to your mother language. And in this, the point of the, the personal prayer is connection. While the purpose of the pipeline prayer is alignment. And, um, and drawing. Uh, how, do you say, how would you say it? Drawing, uh, you're drawing something down. Extracting. Yeah. I'll call it drawing. <coughs> drawing down. In, in Hebrew, it's called hamshacha, but that, that's the point of it all. Yeah. Okay. So, so for personal, that's like when you're going to be connected and like it's it's like meaningful and everything. That's where you come up. Yeah, you're like, please God, let me catch this bus, and right. I can't so find my for, sock. For pipeline, you're just reading the words, and I'll say like, you know that you've read all the words. You don't like necessarily remember like reading word for word because like your mind wanders. Like, does it get like does it go to the garbage all the words that you said? If like your mind is somehow as long as they're in Hebrew, they're they're doing what they got to do. A lot of people say that you have to have kavanah when you like dab in out of like a sitter. <coughs> um, there's different aspects to prayer, and uh, the part that's what what um, the part that that like just the job that needs to get done doesn't require kavanah. So pipeline is just Could be. It's a shame to waste one's time doing that. Not that it's a waste, but like you're there at the same time, you might as well be plugged in. Like why why miss out? You're, anyway, you're, you've got your prayer book open. You're saying the words. You might as well be part of it. But you don't have to be part of it. This is why, I'll give you an example in halacha. Um, if, if, let's say Mincha comes around at Eish Torah. At, uh, what time is Mincha here? At Eish? You feeling all right, Ezra? Yeah. <laughs> what time is Mincha at Eish? The first Mincha there. 125 or something. You just wake up? morning. Um, 125 is Mincha. Let's say 125 hits, and I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it. And it's time for Mincha. Mincha is one of the pipeline prayers. Should I pray or should I not pray? You should make yourself feel it. No, no, I'm not going to be feeling it. I'm not going to feel it. I should pray? It's 1 o'clock. Shkia is at 5.30. Prepare yourself. Or prepare yourself or not? I've got a busy day. I'll be doing my day. But who knows? Maybe by the 4.15 prayer here, here, 
you know, after this class, there's a 4.15 mincha. I already have a mincha today. But there's a 4.15 mincha. Maybe by then. And you know what? If not then, maybe by 5. And if not then, maybe by 5. But tell me, David, 5.30 hits. 5.30? 5.30 hits, and that's the last time to be doing mincha. And I, I never, I haven't felt anything yet. Should I pray? Yeah, of course. Yeah, then I, then I do it. You understand? There's not going to be a lot of personal prayer on that day because I'm not feeling very connected. Why do so, you even have to wait? When I get to pipeline prayer, I want to be connected to it, and therefore it's worth skipping a minion or two to get connected to it. However, if it's come down to like missing it all together, so then I'm not going to miss it. Why? Because I am Jew number 4,675. Who's got to draw this into the world? We we are we are Jews. Every single individual Jew is a highly important part of creation, and that job in the pipeline of creation has got to get done. So if I felt it, it's going to get done with quality, but it's still got to happen quantity. Quantity's got to take place, and so. I've got to make sure that when the time comes to pray, if I didn't feel it and get the quality, i got to at least get the job done. This is why our taluses, I know I say this joke over and over again, but this is why our taluses have, have black stripes. It's barcode. So God knows who's praying. It must be why Sephardim don't have the black stripes. They have stripes, but they're not black because Sephardim would never pray without connection. So they... They, they don't need barcode on their they don't need barcode on their talit yeah. <laughs> we need a little barcode so okay that's how those work personal and private now amazingly watch this how what do you think the likelihood of someone who does personal prayer is going to have much better pipeline prayer quality pipeline prayer for sure right so this is something that Jews got to watch out for a lot, is if you're doing that, that prescribed three times a day stuff, is to make sure you're doing some prayer between, that you're talking to God during your day. And it doesn't matter how much, it could be five minutes, but there's some kind of established relationship. Because you can easily do the prescribed pipeline prayers without connection, and then never have a connection. And of course... Not notice because, hey, I pray three times a day. What do you want? You know, but meanwhile, you're not doing anything connective in your process. So, so personal prayer is really the, the, the kind of the lubricant of the pipeline prayer. Personal prayer gets you, gets you in a position of connection so that when you get to the pipeline prayer, you're in a relationship with God at that, at that point. Okay, yeah. Regarding the um, brothas on food and stuff, you know, you see a lot of non-Jews, they, they speak in their own language and they have, have in mind a very beautiful, but by us, it's like a quick, like less than a second thing. And nobody You're saying Gentiles beat us on, on a I mean, intentions of eating with God in their mind? Very possibly. Look, you ever, you ever you know a, some Gentiles, I don't know. Have you, have you ever seen a, per, a person make a brotha that's uh, more than uh, one hundredth of a second? You know, I I, I share your sentiment. I have noticed that a lot of people blow off the bracha. So why don't we make a bracha in English? Why don't we say? Don't, they, I, you know, they don't even say the word baruch. They don't say baruch. They say bruch. 
Bruchta. And and they pretend Ata begins with a Ha because it's like Ha Bruchta. And then it's and then it's Melech Haolam also comes together. So it's not Haolam. It's Ha. So what can we say? Melech Haolam. Melech Haolam. So what can we say it in English? Is that also the same thing? You don't need to say it in English. You need to say it slowly. If you say it in English, people would realize what they're saying more and say it slowly. Yeah, even that you get used to. But um, I think it might be good for some of the Korean English once in a month. Once a month. Mm-hmm. Just to remind problem. themselves they're actually saying something. Might be good for them. Well, okay. Just have an interimless riddle, right? Like if yeah, that helps. Shema, which is really powerful. You're looking at the translation, then it's just not like I don't know. Like some people just read it in ultra fast mode, and they're like, okay, I did my job. But like, do they honestly expect that they're really drawing down something? <laughs> yeah, they are. But you know, they could be drawing down. You know, they could. It could have been a much greater experience. The whole thing. But and why the, would why would God endorse that, right? Like, why would? Did you know that's why we pray in a minion? You know, one, one, there's a couple reasons why we pray in a minion. One of the main ones is, is that um, that the drawdown happens for the people who don't have kavana. The real, like, even though you got to say the words and it's it's going to affect the world, the real job is to, to say it with kavana. But so many people are scatterbrained; they can't have kavana. So, but if you have ten men in the room, it takes care of the lack of kavana. Right. Yeah. So it's important to pray with ten ten men. Women, on the other hand, don't have to worry about any of this. They don't need ten men in the room. But I imagine it's good for women also to be part of a ten-man experience. Meaning, if because in case you are spaced out, you, at least your your prayers are with the ten men praying. Okay, let's get to pipeline. So pipeline's got a couple things going on here. Um, one of those things is priorities. One of the things is priorities. I was at a. Um, I was at a meeting in town by the, by uh, Jaffa Street, over by Shuk Machani Yehuda in a building over there, and uh, this particular group meeting was uh, at this meeting I was at. There were um, every kind of Jew was there. We had a Yemenite, we had a soldier, we had a kibbutznik, we had we had uh, a couple of Hasidim in there, we had Sephardim in there, we had an Ethiopian in there. A Jew from India in there. We like it was like every kind of Jew in the world. Litvish Jew. We had a modern Orthodox Jew. We had some guy from the Shuk who came in, you know, because it was right next door to the Shuk. We had a couple guys from the Shuk actually. A couple businessmen from the Shuk came in. Whole group of us. And what we did was we made a we had a discussion where we all had to review multiple articles, and then and then the guy leading the leading the meeting went through each one, and we all had to agree or not agree. And you want to hear the craziest thing? You know how they say two Jews, three opinions? I actually was with this kind of diverse group of Jews, and everyone agreed on every single article. It was crazy. We all agreed. Every single one. Like, he finished it, he paused for a moment, and everyone in the room said, basically, I'm in. Yeah? Everyone said, I'm in. And these things were like every subject. It was like every subject in the world. And each subject was totally different than the subject before it. And multiple articles we went through. And every single guy at the end, you know, you look around the room, everyone just said, I'm in. You know? 
some of you are catching on to what I'm talking about right now. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the uh, Zare Chama synagogue across from the Shuk, which has a minion factory for Mincha every day. And it's one of the more fun places to pray because it's every kind of Jew. And we all reviewed it silently in our silent prayer. And then the leader went through each one and everyone said, I'm in. Amen. Every single person said amen. No arguments. Now, I hate to bring up anything controversial. I mean, I know it's not controversial for anyone in this room, but perhaps someone watching would consider it controversial. But uh, many, many years ago, my, uh, my, the, my Rosh Hashiva, when I was, right when I got married, my Rosh Hashiva came down to the Kotel during Shavuot time. And Shavuos has something like a hundred. Anyone who ever been there at sunrise at Shavuos? Any of you guys ever been there? It's like a hundred thousand people praying. Amazing. From all over the planet. Like every Jew from all over the world come at a hundred thousand people at sunrise to pray on the holiday of Shavuos. Anyway, he was praying. But while they were, they all went into silent prayer. Because right as the sun hits the horizon is when you go into the silent prayer. Can you imagine trying to get 100,000 Jews quiet at the same time? But, the, but that's exactly what happened with no one, you know, no police force. You know, it was just sunrise, silent prayer. And the 100,000 people go silent for the silent prayer of Shavuot. It's pretty amazing. Except this particular year, he heard noise. There was like a whole ruckus going on. So when he finished his silent prayer, he decided to go see what's, all the, what's going on over there. And it turns out, right under the coattail stairs to our right here, at the bottom near the coattail stairs, uh, got together a uh, mixed men's and women's prayer group, much like the synagogue I grew up in, in L.A., called Sinai Temple. And uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it, was, you know, it was a very abridged, totally different type of prayer than what's usually said in a full men's and women's mixed thing that they just kind of, this is way before there was something called the women of, women of the wall. It was way before the women of the wall thing. And uh, what happened was, whatever Jews were around them decided, especially the young teenage ones, decided to like start, you know, screaming at them. So they were getting screamed at during the prayers. So my Rosh Shiva came in on the, uh, of Shlomo Ashkenazi, amazing Jew. He came into our yeshiva the next Sunday when we got back together, and uh, he said that he was marveling how every Jew throughout, no matter what part of the exile they were in, they all seemed to agree that this is how you pray. And then, and then he gets to this like little corner of the Kotel courtyard where there's a whole ruckus going on of people who have decided to change the prayers and change the way things are done. Even though, like, meaning you couldn't get a greater sign of unity that every Jew agrees that this is how things are done. And then to have people in the name of progression, and then, of course, to, to like, bleed, you know, show their bleeding heart, that look how, look how we are, uh, what would you call it, uh, oppressed. How we're oppressed. But you see how quickly it becomes, you know, you got this, like, now they're getting oppressed. So like, ooh, it, it's e very easy with the wrong set of eyes to see 
how, oh, poor them, when in fact, you could have marveled at the beauty of the unity and, and noticed that, the, uh, that the, what's happened here, well, let's put it like this, it makes it very simple. Who's rejecting who? Who's rejecting who? How about a, a teenager, a teenager who rejects his parents' ways, but says they reject me. I mean, he's complaining to his therapist that I've been rejected by my family. And meanwhile, the therapist probably wouldn't say this, but the therapist is like, if anyone has rejected anything, it was you of your parents' traditions. That's what got rejected. And now you want to come back and say you got rejected. And so here we've got thousands of years of tradition. And then these people come with their, you know, their heart on their sl sleeve, saying they got rejected. You understand? There are, I mean, they, meaning they completely rejected the tradition. There are thousands and then claim rejection. That's not, thank you. What? There are a thousand different cases with uh, kids that weren't treated right by their parents to, to make it as, as a whole thing that kids were being rejected, to make it like that. I don't know if that's right. Yeah, well, I was saying it more in a vacuum of kids who, uh, that was interesting kids who had good, regular good parents. And they were sitting in peace. The, the women were sitting in peace just crying yeah, this wasn't a peaceful, this was a mixed, you know, yeah. infringement of Jewish law and prayer. If, if I come to a meeting in the morning and they're just about to say Kiris Brown, um, to jump straight to like, what happens to Ramos, what happens to Rafa, what happens to There's no other reason. Uh, if you have only that meeting, should you jump in on Shimon Yes, You can catch on Shimon a little later, so say, your, say the minimum to get yourself where you got to get to. And even if they're at the end of Shemone Yisrael, or there's one guy who prays longer, you can tag off the one that last prayer guy. And you, let's, there's always someone who prays longer. You can always tag along with him. As long as you step in before he steps out, you're all set. Okay? Now, that's priorities, is that the pipeline prayers are the priorities of Israel. <coughs> um, the other thing that they are is... Um, is... Um, you know what? I, I think... I think there was something else I want to share with you. Let's just see if I can do it in a minute. Priorities we did with the Shook story. Um, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna hold here for today. But the, uh, the the main thing is the alignment, the drawing down. That's what I was gonna go into. The details of alignment and drawing down in prayer and having to do with numerical values of the every sentence we're saying, and all the, you know, there's some very, very deep secrets going on in the prayers that were put together in the prayer book by the men of the Great Assembly. Okay, shalom everyone. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.